Hallelujah. He's been good to us all of our life. In our sin, his love showed that he loved us. In our shame, his love still welcomed us. His love still covered us, even when we didn't look beautiful. He didn't care. He just wanted to love. You can be seated this morning. Happy Mother's Day. It's so good to see you this morning. I want you to turn to the beautiful woman beside you and say, Happy Mother's Day. We're so thankful that you're here. You have honored us with your presence. We know that you could have gone somewhere else. You could have stayed at home, but instead you chose to come and not just be with us, but be in the presence of the Lord. And isn't his presence rich this morning? Thank you, Lord. What a beautiful Mother's Day gift that he's already given to us. You are a gift to me. And I am thankful for each one of you. And this morning on Mother's Day, we normally present our, all of our women ages 18 and up with a gift. Uh, there is no way that we could thank you enough for blessing us every day. And so this is just a small token to say thank you. We, it is our, um, it is our custom that we celebrate women of, from 18 years of age and up. We feel like by the time you get to be 18 years of age, you have mothered someone somewhere along the way and so we don't just honor mothers but we honor all women 18 years of age and up and this morning you're going to get a beautiful little pen and it'll have faith or hope or joy or something on it they're all different or there's several different kinds of them let me say it that way and then thanks to Chelsea Lede and Sissy Picard two of our beautiful mothers have been a blessing to help us prepare a little book that we're going to give you this morning. It's just a little journal kind. And it says, blessed is the woman who walks with God. And on the inside, it says, I am thankful for, today I'm thankful for, the best part of my day, my prayer, my verse, my challenges, and tomorrow I will. So I'm not a person who really likes to journal. That's kind of not my thing. But the older I've gotten, I have been thankful for times that I did go and write down and journal some things. Sometimes they were just prayers or people that I prayed for because whenever I go back and look I see and it brings to my remembrance all that God has done for me and the miracles that he has done in my life. So it's not something for you to feel pressure that you've got to do it every day of the year. Uh, in fact there's not enough pages for every day of the year. But it's just something for whenever you need for your thoughts to be brought into focus or you need a little direction, just spend a little time with the Lord. And here's a little book. It has several of my favorite scriptures. And they sang about it this morning. Zephaniah 3 and 17. It says, For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with singing. 
before you were singing about him, he was already singing about you. So our ushers have gathered and they're actually going to come to you this morning. And so whenever they come to your pew, if, uh, if your ladies are in the middle or whatever, if you'll just kind of count how many that you need, then give, be a little patient with them. They're going to pull out the journals and pen and they're going to pass that along. While Brother Jared sings a beautiful song this morning dedicated to our mothers. I love you. Pastor loves you. We love you. Our family loves you. Happy Mother's Day. Anyway, anyway. 
Thank you, Brother Jared. That was beautiful. To all of our guests this morning, welcome. We're so glad you're here. To all of our mothers and women who have been a mother to someone, we applaud you this morning. We're so thankful that you're here with us. We have a special event at TPC coming up next Sunday, May the 15th. After church, we are going to head over to our new building and write scriptures on our walls, on the studs, on the floor, wherever you can find a space. We want to build our church on the word of God. So we are so excited about that. We will be honoring our graduates on Wednesday, May 11th. That's this next Wednesday. And please help us celebrate all of their accomplishments. This is a big deal for each of our graduates. It, they're going into the next chapter of their life, and we just want to celebrate them in every way possible. If our ushers would come at this time, and our graduates' names are Jaina Hamilton, Erica Welder, TJ Sanders, Zachary Robertson, Christian Payne, Andrew Duhon, Emily Broxson, and Ethan Arnold. And I know they would appreciate if you would just come out and celebrate them. Our world's mission giving for 2021 was $95,162.35. Thank you so much for all of your giving. Let's remember to keep Sister Sissy Picard, I'm so sorry, Sister Sissy Carter in our prayers and Sister Jackie Browning in our prayers. Let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time. Thank you, Lord, for touching all these needs, for touching this service, Lord. Thank you for blessing the gift and the giver. Thank you for touching all of our mothers, for not only blessing them on Mother's Day, but for blessing them every single day. In Jesus' name we pray. Be blessed as you give. Thank you.
believer this morning, would you just stand and let's give the Lord praise? Come on, if you're a believer, let's give him praise this morning. It's good to be in his house and in his presence. Amen. Would you just remain standing? I don't know who the oldest mother is here, uh, so let's just figure it out real quick. Sister Garcia, how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? You're 95. Is anyone older than 95 as a mother here? As a mother. Anyone older than 95? All right, Sister Garcia, would you just step out, please, so we can see your... Right here. Turn right here. I won't ask you to walk very far. Isn't she a beautiful 95? I'm going to tell all of us, if we get around this good, look this good, can still write this good. Do y'all know this lady writes some incredible things on Facebook? Now, I don't have Facebook, but y'all send me what she writes. So thank y'all for that. She's an incredible lady of God, 95 years young. She looks like she's about 55. And we give her honor today as our oldest mother. Would you give her a big hand? I see a man of God in this house that I would be remiss if I did not recognize Brother Terry Smith. Brother Smith, we honor you. It's so good to see you with your mother today. Thank you, sir. Thank you for being here. All right, one other mother. Is there any mother that has 10 kids here? Any mother that's got 10 kids? Any mother that's got nine kids? Any mother with eight kids? Eight? You have nine? You have nine children. Do you know all their names? Well, you are an amazing mama. Congratulations with nine children. We're honored to have you. I, I look forward to getting to know each of you better. I know that you're Adrian's mother, and Adrian is playing drums for us, and he talks so highly of you. He says, my mama is a woman of God. And that's a wonderful thing. I know you've done a great job raising nine children. Congratulations. God bless you. Well, Janet is in this room, and she helped raise me from the time I was 24. So not only has she been an amazing wife, she's been a mother to me. And she is, she is most of all, she's so beautiful, like as a person, right? I mean, whoo. She's a knockout. And I don't, yeah, I don't know how I did that. My friends still don't know how I did it. I said, have you ever heard a prayer? <laughs> but Janet is an amazing lady. She's so godly. She's so giving. She, she don't ever think of herself. She's always thinking of others. And it is really an honor to bring her up today to speak to this distinguished audience of believers. And I am so thankful that my wife is not one way here and another way somewhere else. What you see is what you get.
She is a loving lady, a godly woman, and she is a really good speaker. And so I want you, if you would, to give her your undivided attention. She's going to bring you a word, and yes, I approve of this message. Thank you. I want us to give honor to one more special lady. I know that she's here, Sister Hennigan. There she is. Thank you, Sister Hennigan, for all of your love and your care and your prayers. Thank you. You bless us. You bless us by your life and by your love and by your giving. And your reward is great in heaven. And I thank you. Pastor and I in this church, we thank you and we love you. Well, so, um, I'm not a cowgirl. However, I do enjoy animals. That's where Trey gets his veterinarian from. I like all kinds of animals, ducks. I mean, you name it, I, I can love on them. Um, but I have a little cowgirl's guide to life. A woman who intends to lean on her husband for support better be sure he stands on solid ground. Some things don't need all the thought people give them. You may have to think about that for a minute. Running from problems is a sure way of running into problems. Opportunity may knock once, but temptation is a frequent visitor. Always remember, it doesn't take two to keep a secret. And here's the last one. A lesson every cowgirl should learn is where her business ends and where someone else's begins. So I thought that those were cute little quips. I know Pastor always has humor for you, and I, I couldn't really find any more Mother's Day humor that Pastor hasn't already said or hadn't been said before. So I had this little cowgirl guide to life, and I just love the little quips that are in it. I am thankful for being in, um, a mother to all of you. You have been incredible to me. My husband and my pastor, who has loved me, who's grown with me, who's forgiven me, who has blessed me for 30 plus years, who is my life partner, who I can sincerely say I have been in love with from the very moment I laid my eyes on him. <laughs> I love you, babe. And I know every mother feels this way, but I believe I have the best children in the world including Brooke, who Trey is married to. I not only have two children now, but now I have three children. They have blessed me. And I thank the Lord for them every day. And many a times you will hear me say that I know God restored my childhood through giving me my two, three precious, incredible children. And most of all, our wonderful church family. From the moment that we walked into TPC almost 12 years ago, I fell in love with you. And we knew this was the place that God had brought us to lead and to guide and to love and to pray over. God couldn't have blessed me any better. I could not have imagined my husband or my children or any of you God knew, and I thank you. So I want you to give yourself a hand. Amen. 
I know that I was created to be a mother. It is part of my God-given purpose. And I know that I am a mother to love you and to love my family. If you don't mind, I'd like for you to take your Bible. I know you've been standing for just a minute. We have a short scripture that we're going to read. And if you will turn to Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. This morning, we're going to talk about ordinary moments, an extraordinary God. And if you'll just give me a few minutes, then you can go and celebrate your mom. I thank you. Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you for our mothers, for women of all ages. We thank you, Lord, for blessing us with them. And Lord, we pray a blessing upon them that as they leave this house today, that they would be blessed with your strength, with your comfort, with your peace, with revelation, with healing power flowing through them. I thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We open up our hearts to you to receive all that you have for us. Stay the words that are not your will and speak through us the words that are your will with your anointing. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And you can be seated. So she began her day. It was an ordinary day like any other day. She had a purpose. And with her boys in tow, she set off to make sure that her and her boys would get the best that they could receive. I'm sure that as Salome t- hurried down the path with her young men, she began to explain in her mind, like most of us do, why Jesus should give her and her boys what they asked for. I can just hear her telling herself, I mean, really, after all, my husband is a prominent fisherman in our community. My sister is Mary, the mother of Jesus. My two sons, after all, are his disciples. And in fact, I too am a follower of Jesus. Of course, since we will be the first ones to ask of him, I'm sure he will give us what we want. We know from scripture that Salome, the mother of James and John, knew how to approach the master. For the Bible tells us that she approached Jesus worshiping. In fact, some translations say that she knelt before him in worship. She did get Jesus' attention. And Jesus turned and asked her, What do you want, Salome? Salome said to him, Say that these two sons of mine are to sit, one on the right and the other on the left, in your kingdom. Now, I want us to take into context the scripture. This is Monday, the week of Christ's crucifixion. And just before Salome approached Jesus, Jesus was foretelling for the third time of his death to come. Now, we also have to remember, it's important for us to remember that in this time of history, women were regarded as only second-class citizens. So just by answering Salome's question, Jesus was showing her respect. He could have impatiently cut her off to the core. 
and said, woman, haven't you been listening to me for the past couple of years? But instead, Jesus answered, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? Of course, her sons quickly replied. Then Jesus said to them, you will drink my cup, but to sit at my right hand and my left hand is not mine to grant. And then Jesus goes on to say in verse 27 to Salome, and whoever would be first among you must be your servant, even as the son of man came to be served, but to serve. This woman on an ordinary day, making a request for her sons, meets our extraordinary Jesus. The man who did not condemn her for her question. The man who did not embarrass her because of her passionate love for her children. But this extraordinary God not only gave respect to her as a woman, but Jesus also let her know who, how valuable she was as a woman. As Jesus said to Salome, anyone, even you, Salome, not just the men, but anyone, including you, woman of God, can live in my kingdom. Just serve as I serve. It was an ordinary day like any other winter's day. Cold and blustery with a little snow in the air, unlike today, right? Benaiah was walking along, and there out of the corner of his eye, he spotted a lion, fierce, great, and stalking. Benaiah stopped, his heart beating wildly in his chest and without a moment's notice turned and locked eyes with the lion but not to run away from the lion Beniah turned and began to aggressively pursue the lion as Beniah chased after the lion the lion suddenly fell into a pit well, I don't know about you, but first of all, I probably wouldn't be chasing after the lion. Right? I probably would have tucked my tail and ran or fell out with a heart attack, one or the other. And second of all, if the lion, if I did decide to chase after the lion and the lion fell into the pit, let me tell you, I would have been doing the victory dance. Woohoo! Thank you, Lord, for rescuing me from the lion. Right? Right? I mean, I'm sure a few of you would have done the same thing. Right? The Lord finally rescued me. But not Benaiah. In fact, the Bible gives two verses to this courageous man. We find in 2 Samuel that Benaiah jumps off into the pit after the lion. What crazy man would do such a thing? Did you even know that, that story was in the Bible? For sure, Benaiah had sealed his fate. That's a certain suicide attempt, wouldn't you think? I think he just wanted to die. But not in Benaiah's mind. 
Benaiah realized that if he did not kill the lion right then, the lion was going to return one day and eat him for lunch. Benaiah was set on victory. His mind was not set on escapism or let me see how easy I can get out of this ism. His mind was set up for victory. There are things in our life that we must pursue and destroy. Things that we must root up, pull up, and completely get rid of in our life. Or if we are not careful and we just take the easy way out, that bad habit, those words, those actions, those seeds planted will return to destroy us. With God, all things are possible. The enemy may be fierce, but our God is extraordinary. And so on an ordinary day, on an ordinary stroll through the woods, my God shows up and proves himself extraordinary. So as Benaiah jumps in after the lion, can you just imagine yourself? First of all, it's cold. It's snowing. A lion is stalking you. And now you have jumped off into the pit with the king of the jungle, a 500-pound carnivorous eating animal with fangs three inches long. That's putting it into perspective, what Benaiah did. And you don't think, I've been rescued because he fell into the pit? Instead, your mind screams at you, you better kill him now or he may return. And so Benaiah jumps into the pit and slays the lion. First Peter 5 and 8 says, be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Matthew 19 and 26 says, Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it's impossible. But with God, everything is possible. Normal people run away. But on an ordinary day, people filled with the spirit of the living God run to conquer the impossibility in our life. If we believe Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Then we must believe that God strategically places us in the right place at the right time. But I will tell you that from my personal experiences, the right place normally seems like the wrong place. And the right time has most definitely, most of my life has seemed like the wrong time. Benaiah would later become King David's bodyguard. Of course he would. Who wouldn't want that man on your team? Right? And he is listed in the scripture as one of the three mighty men. God often uses our present experiences to prepare us for future opportunities. And how we react today will determine our tomorrow. 
We can cower in fear, doubts, insecurities, depression, and run away from our greatest challenges. Or seizing the God-ordained opportunities presented to us, we can overcome. We can do nothing wrong, but that still doesn't mean we're doing anything right. We can do nothing wrong, but that still doesn't mean we're doing anything right. Our purpose and calling are much higher than just taking what comes our way. We are called to pursue God's divine direction for our life. And even though Benaiah killed the lion in the pit, Benaiah didn't come out unscathed. You can guarantee. If you take on a 500-pound animal, I'm sure he had a lot of bruises, a lot of cuts, a lot of scrapes. He was probably even sore for a few days. I believe as Christians, we have become too defensive, too passive. Instead, we should be looking out for the God-ordained opportunities present in our life every day. It takes courage and faith to present to God life moments that overwhelm us. And ask God to show forth his glory. Even when we don't agree or understand. Even when it's uncomfortable. I have come to believe that spiritual maturity is seeing and seizing God-ordained opportunities in my life. We're called to look for opportunities in our problems and obstacles. And take risk to reach for God's best. When we don't have the guts to step out in faith then God is the one that is robbed with what should rightfully belongs to him. It's important we do not discount God because of what our eyes do not see. It is important that we do not discount God because our eyes do not see it. Faith follows no matter what it sees. Faith keeps walking and leaning even when it does not understand or agree. Faith is pursuing passionately the God that does see and understand it all. Now, the story of Salome, the story that we began with, it didn't end right there. Remember that when Salome asked Jesus concerning her sons, it was the Monday before Jesus' crucifixion. Now, I want you to fast forward with me just a little bit. Jesus is crucified. And now it's the third day after his crucifixion. A day like any other day. Salome could have walked away in disgust and disappointment after her boys were turned down by Jesus. But instead, we see her joined with the other women walking to the tomb to care for the man Jesus, the one whom they loved and had followed. Because we know the outcome, we tend to dismiss the reality of the ordinary day for them. The women were grief-stricken, yet they were determined to go and care for the man they called Jesus, the man they loved so dearly. An ordinary day. But as they approached the tomb, behold, the extraordinary God no longer lying in the tomb. Their hope now was alive. Their God had risen. 
Now the story doesn't end there. I want you to fast forward with me again. And 50 days have passed. Salome has been gathering with the disciples, worshiping, praying, and waiting. It was an ordinary day, just like the other days. The 120 once again had been gathering to wait. The 120 gathered once again to wait upon what Jesus had told them to wait for. We know what that was, but they didn't know what that was. Had Salome just dismissed it as any other church service day, she would have missed one of the greatest experiences in a lifetime. Had she harbored bitterness in her heart when Jesus disappointing her with the answer of no? Had she only looked at what she could see? Jesus died. He's rose from the grave, but then he's left us. And now what are we to do? I think many people have the mistaken notion that faith reduces uncertainty, but nothing could be further from the truth. Faith doesn't reduce uncertainty. Faith embraces uncertainty. And because Salome, just an ordinary woman, on an ordinary day, gathered with other ordinary people, experienced the experience of a lifetime, the extraordinary God, showed that he had not left them. Instead, he showed them that he had sent his spirit to comfort and guide and empower them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and with power on what seemed like an ordinary day. It was the beginning of spring, a beautiful sunshining day. As usual, little three-year-old Molly was taking a nap and I was teaching piano lessons. The day had been filled with the hustle and bustle of daily chores. It was just like any other day. But as I was teaching, Molly awoke early, came downstairs and climbed into the recliner to sit and listen. In those days, we often kept candles burning in our home. Molly was accustomed to the candle burning on the table beside her. But for whatever reason, she leaned forward and in a normal gesture, blew out the candle. Immediately, her head, face, eyes, and hair were on fire. And Molly began screaming. Molly was still screaming when the doctors came into the room and told me that her cornea and retina were pulling apart and they were going to flight us to Johns Hopkins Hospital. At Johns Hopkins, they're preparing now for eye surgery, the doctor said. The x-rays show that there is minimal chance of saving her eye. So surgery will determine if they keep it or if they remove the eye. After surgery, we will then begin to care for her burns. But for now, her eye is most of utmost importance. Molly had not stopped screaming. And as the doctors walked out of the room, I felt so alone and so overwhelmed. I felt that my life was collapsing around me. And I, too, lay across Molly and began to scream out in fear. But just for a moment, 
Because scripture after scripture began to scream louder in my mind. And immediately I shouted in prayer, no, Satan, you will not receive the glory. God, you will receive the glory for Molly's life. No matter if she's blind, we will walk into every blind clinic. We will walk into every hospital and we will pronounce the name of Jesus. We will tell of the wonderful things of God. And immediately the extraordinary God walked into that room and a peace came over us. Molly instantly stopped crying and fell asleep as I held her little charcoal blackened face in my arms. The ordinary day had turned into a horror movie, but I had determined that if God was who he said he was, then no devil, no matter what happened, was going to get the glory. God was going to get the glory now and every day in Molly's life, no matter what the doctor said or no matter what had to be done. I'm here to tell you Molly never had to have surgery. By the time they flighted us to Johns Hopkins Hospital, the doctors proclaimed they didn't know what had happened, but her eye was perfect. But I shouted out, I know God has healed her. The doctor said Molly would have reconstructed surgeries for the rest of her young life. But as she sat in the wheelchair at Johns Hopkins Hospital, she raised her little hands unto God without prompting from me, and she began to sing, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. And I knew the God of extraordinary had shown up in what began as, a extra, as an ordinary day. In two weeks and one day to the day Molly was burned, she was completely released from the doctors. No surgeries of any kind. Though they said her hair, eyelashes, and eyebrows would not grow back, I stand to tell you that she has beautiful eyelashes and eyebrows. Her hair goes beyond her knees. And there's just the smallest scar on her forehead that we call the kiss of God. Opportunities often look like unsurmountable obstacles. But with God, insurmountable opens up the door for the extraordinary God. Someday, someday, it may not be today, but someday we may be as thankful for the bad things as the good things. Because it's the bad things that helped prepare us for the good things. I will tell you that we've lived many ordinary days since then. And I'm sorry to tell you that I have not taken every opportunity to show forth the glory of our extraordinary God. I'm learning to stop asking God to get me out of difficult situations and circumstances. And I'm asking him, God, what do you want me to get out of this situation? 
I'm asking him, Lord, how can you show forth your glory through this circumstance that I don't understand, through this situation? God, help me to see every day as an opportunity for your glory. I believe that prayer is less about changing our circumstances and more about changing me and my perspective. Oswald Chambers said it like this, to be certain of God means that we are uncertain in all of our ways. We do not know what a day may bring. So pursue God passionately, even when you don't understand, even when you don't see the whole picture, even when we don't get the answers that we want. Keep pursuing God. Keep worshiping God. Keep praying. Keep walking in faith. Keep trusting in every day in the ordinary, seemingly mundane things of life. Keep pursuing God. God is always working behind the scenes. Engineering our circumstances so that he may receive the glory. The more we grow, the bigger God should get. And the bigger God gets, the smaller our circumstances should become. Because the reality is, there is nothing too difficult for God. Nothing too difficult for God. So Tracy and Caleb, keep walking by faith. Marilyn and Misty, keep praying. Tyler, Brittany, and Hudson, keep believing. Lisa, Jay, Danette, Nelwyn, and Larry, keep trusting. Johnny and Cherie, keep following Christ. Ella and Shiloh, keep coming to God. He's got peace for you. Lakin, keep pursuing God. He's got healing. David and Michelle, keep speaking it. The answer is on its way. Hope House and Celebrate Recovery, keep making the hard changes in your life. Heaven is drawing near. Youth, keep being obedient. Mother, keep praying for those unsaved children. Sunday school kids, keep walking toward God's goodness. People of God, keep seeking His will and following His ways. Mary, the mother of Jesus, she lived every day submitted and staying pure. Mary never knew the ordinary, the ordinary of just living right was going to lead her to be Mary, the mother of an extraordinary God. Joshua kept serving Moses, doing the small task that no one wanted to do working hard daily, but the ordinary turned him into being one of the greatest leaders of all times. James and John were just fishing on that ordinary day when behold Jesus, the son of God, passed by and said, follow me. Abraham waited 90 years just living an ordinary life unto God before God showed up and changed his life forever. Ruth and Naomi would have never guessed that working in a field, just ordinary days of hot and sweat and trying to feed themselves was going to put them in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Don't discount your ordinary day. God's got amazing things that he wants to do to show that he is the extraordinary God. Instead, submit it to God. 
ask God, take my day, my faults, my insecurities, my hurts, the strongholds that have bound me, and show forth your glory through me, God. I never would have imagined that on an ordinary Wednesday night, a little eight-year-old abused girl, God would have filled me with the Holy Ghost and changed my life forever. Here's an incredible thought. Long before we woke up this morning, the Holy Spirit was interceding for you and I. And long before we go to bed, He's going to continue to intercede. He never stops slumber. He never stops working. He never slumbers nor sleeps. He's praying for us. He wants us to succeed. His thoughts for us are good and they are never evil. Christians ought to be the most passionate people in the world. To be like Jesus is to be consumed with passion. The passion that drives us to that ordinary day that gets filled with obstacles. The day that reveals my insecurities. The day that frustrates me with the things I can't control. Give that day, that ordinary day, to the extraordinary God and allow Him to show forth His glory. So man and woman of God, I stand here believing on God's Word. We must keep praying daily. Even when we feel like our prayers are making no headway. We must keep believing daily even when we don't see the miraculous. We must keep trusting daily even when God says no. That obstacle, that stronghold, that depression, those hurts, that addiction, those insecurities. Jump into that pit and take the lion and begin to tear him apart. Through prayer, begin to defang that lion with fasting. Step out and get help through a pastor or counselor. Overcome by tackling that bad habit one day at a time. Let his anointing wash over you with healing. Romans 8 and 31 says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, then who, who can be against us? Nothing, nowhere, no how. You can. You know why? Because he did. You can. You know why? Because of his powerful spirit that is living in you. And if you're not filled with this spirit this morning, we invite you up. Because you're missing out. You don't just get the Holy Ghost because it's a religion. You get the Holy Ghost because you need the spirit of the extra extraordinary God to change you, to empower you so that you can overcome death and strongholds and sickness. And when he tells you no, you can keep walking in peace. I know, I know my God knows best. I don't understand it. I don't see it, but my God knows best. You need his spirit because on our own, we can't do it. Because with these eyes, we can't see it. But with our extraordinary God, we can.
And on this Mother's Day morning, He wants to bring healing to you. He wants to fill you with His power more than you even want it. And so if maybe you're filled with His Spirit, but you want a little bit more, Maybe you need an encouragement. I pray that this was an encouragement to you this morning because I'm telling you, I needed it for the past month. God's been speaking to me and he's been changing me. We invite you this morning as our worship band begins to sing unto God. I invite you, Pastor and I, we invite you this morning to come on down. And lift up your hands and say, God, I want all that you have for me. Help me to see. Help me to see, Lord. In every circumstance, in every situation, God.
You know what she did? She just kept serving the Lord when none of you were looking, when none of you even knew her name, when none of you even knew where she was at, God knew. What are you saying? I'm saying for those of you that feel like you're obscure, you know nobody knows you, nobody knows your name, you know how that you become what God wants you to be is you just keep serving Him on Monday. You just keep praising Him on Tuesday. You just keep lifting up His name on Wednesday. And guess what? If God can trust you with the little, then He'll bring you on a stage and He'll put you before great people like yourself. Janet, that was a phenomenal word from the Lord today. And we give God all the praise for it. Hallelujah. I don't know what you are facing, but we want to leave you encouraged. Whatever you are facing, you are serving an extraordinary God that can step into any situation. Hallelujah. And he can bring you beauty for ashes. He can bring you joy for mourning. He can put a garment of praise on you for that spirit of depression. Come on, somebody. Let's give him praise.